Amen. Wow. Good to be in the presence of the King. Amen. You know, it's just a privilege. I don't ever want to lose that privilege to be in His presence. You know, sometimes we can get too familiar. Sometimes we get too used to whatever it is, whether it's our our daily time with the Lord or times when we gather together on Sundays or other days with, with the people of God. And, you know, we, we sometimes get familiar. And I want to be familiar in a good way. In other words, I want to know God real well. But I want to be familiar enough to where I lose that sense of awe, that sense of, Wow, I get to, I'm in God's presence. I, I'm I'm in the presence of the King, and so it's kind of this that that uh, that balance or that the two things that are there. That man, God wants us close, <laughs> but He He also wants us in the right place. And uh, you know, Ephesians even says that hey, we're seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. You know, so to bow before the king's real simple. I just get off my chair and turn right next to him, and he's right there. Because <laughs> I'm seated with him. And you know what? He doesn't ever ever get off his throne to bow, but there's a whole host of heaven. Whenever you get a picture of heaven in the scriptures, what's going on? People are going nuts in worship. They're either that or they're quiet in worship. And so I'm going to move so it'll quit ringing, sir, I guess. We'll... Let me see the air conditioner. It's the wind of the mountain is blowing on me. It's the ringing of the wind. And so, uh, man, what, a, what an awesome time. Thank you all for just jumping into God's presence. Thank you, Lisa and team, for leading us. Um, I, wanna, I want us to finish up, well, I think it's kind of finishing up our study on the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, this is number 11 on the gifts of the Spirit. So I want you to open up your Bibles to 1 Corinthians 13. And we have been going over all the gifts of the Spirit. I know there's some of you who are, like, who are guests, and so you missed the first ten weeks. There's no way I can summarize those. But a couple of highlights would be this. The gifts are for everyone. It says in 1 Corinthians 12 that the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one or to everyone for the common good. This is for everybody. So when we talk about the gift of faith, when we talk about a, a word of knowledge, uh, when we talk about words of wisdom, uh, when we talk about miracles or miraculous powers, uh, when we talk about discernment of spirits or prophecy, that's for everybody. If you're, one of, if you're one of God's kids, if you're one of His children, if you're one of the princes and princesses in His kingdom, then He said, hey, here's, here's my giftings that are going to be in you for the world. These are the gifts of the Spirit for the world. They're the gift that's placed to go flow through me so someone else is brought closer to the Lord. And so we want to, we want to make sure, hey, you're not excluded from this. So I encourage us as we've been going through this, we've had, we've had revelation, we've had things happen in our heart, we've had things that have clicked for us, we've, we've asked for things. And last week we talked about prophecy, um, how, how really prophecy is just catching God's heart for a situation and sharing what it is for someone else. If you have God's heart, then you can speak God's word. And when God's heart with God's word is really powerful. If you have one without the other, you're missing something. You, if you have God's heart, he's going to say something. It's not just all, I love you, that's good. But there's more to, that God has to say. And so, but we want God's message, but if it doesn't have God's heart, it's really not God's message. 
It's something else. It doesn't matter. It's the truth spoken in love. And without it, it's not really fully the truth. And so today, we're going to look at 1 Corinthians 13 because really, have you ever heard of 1 Corinthians 13 as a love chapter? It is. I'm not going to discount that. But I want you to look at this from the context. The context of 1 Corinthians 13 is not weddings. <laughs> I'm not trying to ruin it for anybody, and I think it's fine that we read it at weddings. There's nothing wrong with that. What is the context of the love chapter? The gifts of the Spirit. That's the context of this love chapter. Is the spiritual gifts, the manifest power of God working through His people. And so, sure, it applies to weddings. It applies to anything. You can apply love to anything. But Paul wrote it about the gifts. And so, here's the deal. If we have the gifts... And we don't have 1 Corinthians 13. We really don't have the gifts. We're missing something. And so that's why Paul puts it right in the middle. He goes on in 14, you know, and starts talking more about the gifts and prophecy and a little bit more about tongues and how things are, can be kept so they're beautiful and in order. So it's a wonderful uh, display of, of who God is and His beauty. And so, but right in the middle, he says, hold on. I, we need to stop and make sure everything's clear on this. And so we would be... Really wrong if we stopped at 1 Corinthians 12 and didn't go on to 13. Because 1 Corinthians 12 needs 13. And 1 Corinthians 13 needs 1 Corinthians 12. They go together. So let's read it together. Or you can just listen. You can read it on the screen or in your Bible if you have it. And it says, And I will now show you the most excellent way. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith, yeah, we got to it, that can move mountains. <laughs> hey, I, do, I am using the mountain today. But have not love. I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames... But have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails or never ends. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when perfection comes, the imperfect disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put childish ways behind me. Now we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. 
Now, if you don't have notes, I do have notes. So if you want notes, raise your hand and my wife or Shane will get them to you. Whoever decides to pass them out. If you want notes, lift your hand up. There's, we do have notes for this study. This one's mostly just blanks. So it's a little bit less than some of the other weeks. Um, if you want one, there's in, they're in the bulletin or from our amazing helpers. So here's the deal. I think love, one way to say it is what makes the gifts effective. Or makes the gifts powerful. Because the, the kingdom, see we bow before the king, but what is our kingdom? It's a kingdom of love. First of all. Everything that God does is based on who he is. And part of that kingdom is a kingdom of love. God says, God is love. He says, I am love. And so if I've got all this stuff going on, but I don't have love, then I'm missing something. And it says, you know, if we have the gifts without love, the first three verses are shocking. They're like, they're crazy. I mean, think about it. I mean, this is like the thing that's, things that we want. We're like, man, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, and I, you know, so I've, if I have this amazing gift that God has given me, but I have not love, I sound awful. I sound terrible. I, I'm like... I'm like, everybody will be screaming, get away from me. You know, if I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries, can you imagine that gift of prophecy? Like, I can fathom all mysteries. If I had the gift of prophecy that was the number one in the whole world, I don't, but, you know, it was the the most effective, most powerful, most accurate, whatever you want to say, can fathom all mysteries and revelations and all knowledge. I can move mountains with my faith. I can talk to things and they can move. But it says, if I have not love, I'm nothing. I don't even matter. I might as well not exist as far as God's concerned. I am nothing. It's, that's shocking language there. That's, that's in your face language. I know it's the love chapter, but the love chapter will punch you in the mouth. <laughs> right? I mean, think about it. Just think about someone close to you, if you're married, your spouse, if you're, if you're not, maybe whatever your closest family member is or your friends. You know, just read verses 4 through 7 and say, do I love them? And then you read all that stuff and you're like, oh, <laughs> am I patient? Am I kind? Do I wish I had something they had? Am I proud? Am I sometimes rude? It says love's never rude. Am I self-seeking? Well, this is what I want, honey. (laughs) Preaching to the married ones now. For those of you future married, you know, I'm preaching to you for the future. (laughs) You start using I a lot in your in your marriage, you'll know what who you're seeking, yourself or someone else. I, I want, I anyway. Well, I just need this. Sorry. Is 1 Corinthians 13 punching you in the mouth too? <laughs> Spiritually. So I mean this is this is this is this is amazing. Amazingly challenging. So here's the thing. Three things from the first three verses. I'll give you these so you can know what blanks to fill in. Some of you, the people who need that, need that. I'm one of those people. So I understand you. So one who has the gifts without love, verse one, what happens? They lose their voice. Number one, you, lo- you lose your voice. You know, I wonder 
You know, the church has lost their voice in the United States. And we can blame it on all these other things. And those things are there. But have we as the people of God lost our voice? Is it because we're just a clanging symbol and no one can understand what's truly being communicated because there's not real love there? I, we're saying the right things. We can say the right... That's what Paul's saying. Look, you can say all the right things. But if love's not there, a lot of times people are not going to hear it. They're going to be like, I don't like that. Now, there's some people I understand who reject, just don't want nothing to do with God. I understand that. The Bible says that there will be people who just say no. But I think there's some who've only heard a clanging cymbal when they've heard the truth. And so they don't hear the truth because it wasn't given in love. And so one who has the gifts, has all this amazing stuff without love, we lose our voice. There's no clarity. There's, there's a harshness that happens when we communicate truth. And Paul says, hey, you can't, you can't have that with the gifts. You know? It's not effective. It's not, it, it loses some of its power. It loses its clarity. Because what was the whole point of a lot of the gifts? Is hey, so, so we know clearly what God's saying and what God's doing. So there's, there's focus, so there's, there's revelation, something that's brought to light. But if I can't understand what's being said, or what, I can't understand the message, because all I hear is a clanging symbol, what do I need? I need the love of God. Number two, verse two, what does it say? If I have the gift of prophecy and all these things, I am nothing. So we lose the effectiveness of our identity. We lose... Our identity. Now, I don't mean we lose our identity in Christ. I'm not talking about that. But there's something that happens when we're not operating in love. We're not operating in the fullness of who God has made us to be. And so then if I bring the gift, there's something missing. It's not the fullness. You know that song that says, we want, the, you know, we want the fullness, God? What is that? The Shekinah song? The, the, the name where you go, what does that mean? If, you don't, if you're not in church... Uh, you know, we want the fullness of the things, God. Well, the fullness means I'm full of love and full of power. I'm full of the gifts and full of love. Number three, what does it say? One who has the gifts without love, if I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames. In other words, there's a, I can sacrifice everything, but have not love, I gain nothing. In other words, I lose my reward. I lose my blessing and my reward without love. You know, I, we were at the First World Convention a, a few weeks ago and, and we brought back this challenge. But I, I bring it again that, man, loving people is powerful. And, uh, and you know, I've said before, if you're a guest, this is just, I, don't take this straight on, but I don't really like people. <laughs> I'm not a people person. You know, there's, there's a time where, you know, my wife says, oh, we need to go hang out with somebody. I'm like, Why? <laughs> Some of you understand me, and then some of you are like, what is, let's just deliver that right now. In the name of Jesus, come out. Okay? No, I was, I was praying for me. <laughs> that non-people thing. But here's the deal. God, the love of God works with us, not through our personality, it works through His grace. 
You know, I'm thankful. And when I have God's grace upon me, whether I like people or not, there's, I can, I'm, I, there's, there's a joy that's there being with them. I don't think, it's not natural. It's supernatural. It's got to be supernatural. Because you know what? Some people naturally, we are not going to love them. They're annoying. Look at, look at these people around you. Some of them are annoying. <laughs> right? Don't, don't name any names right now. If you're real close to someone, don't name them. But you know what? Man, we're all... Don't we all think... I mean, maybe I'm just like this. I couldn't get myself in trouble here. Stop, my, stop me, babe. Um, <laughs> you know, don't you, don't you think that everything should be like it is in your world sometimes? Some of you, you know, I mean, like, this is the way it's supposed to be. And then when someone else is outside my box, my, my whatever, my temple, my place of God's dwelling, whatever I want to call it and spiritualize it, you know, it's like, that's kind of annoying. But it's only love that can break through those barriers. Because you know what? We find out, hey, you know what? God says, hey, I'm, I'm a God of variety. I'm a God of all kinds of ideas and creative ideas. I was creative when I made people. I was creative when I created personalities. And so there's all kinds of different people. And so it's not, you know, you're just as annoying to them as they are to you. <laughs> but there's something higher than that. There's love. The love of heaven. You know, when you encounter the love of heaven, it changes you. It, it does something in you. It it. It, it, it reprograms things in you. And I was, I was being a little facetious about um, not liking people, but you know what? I can't live without people. I don't want to live without the community of God that He's given. It's amazing. It's awesome. And we get to share that love with one another, but we also get to express it wherever we go. And so I want you know I want to be I want to be full of the power and the gifts of God, but I want that person to you know, if I'm ministering to someone who doesn't know God, I want them to be touched not with just the power of heaven, but with the love of heaven. I mean the love of heaven is part of the power of heaven too, obviously. But it's got to happen in me first. You know, here's the characteristics of love. We kind of went through it in verses 4 through 7. Look, love, love is willing to wait. It's patient. It doesn't force anything. Love is kind. Its words and actions overflow with kindness. Overflow with kindness. Love is content. It's not envious. It's not jealous. It's, it's satisfied with who we are and what we have. Love is others seeking. It's saying, what's the best for them? What can I do for that person? Love is at peace. Love exudes peace. It's not easily angered. It's not provoked. You can't provoke love. Love forgives quickly. It keeps no record of wrongs. A zero record of wrongs. The minute I'm keeping a record of wrong, I'm out of love. I've stepped out of the love of God. I've stepped out of the love of heaven. If I rejoice in anything but the truth, that's not love. Love rejoices in the truth. Love protects, it covers, it's a, it's a, it's a safe place. Love trusts, 
not not in not being naive, but it trusts the Lord at all times. Love hopes. Love always has hope. Hope is the incubator of faith. Love endures. It doesn't end. It doesn't run out. There's no, there's no expiration date on love. Love's not going to pass away, it says at the last few verses. Now I want to address quickly, um, there's some wrong teaching on verses 8 through 13 that I have to correct. And I do believe it's wrong. I do believe it's very destructive in the body of Christ. And obviously this is a spirit-filled church, so I believe you're all on board with it. But... Um, this is the scripture that people use to say the gifts are no longer for today. Did you see it right there? It's, it's in, it says, where, you know, verse 8, where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be still. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when perfection comes, the imperfect disappears. Did you see it there? Now here's how you have to massage the scripture to get it to say that tongues have ceased and the gifts have ceased. You have to make perfection mean the Bible. You have to make perfection mean once we got the Bible, we don't need the gifts anymore. That's the basic teaching of cessationism that says the gifts are no longer for today. And I believe it's a grave error. It's an honest error. I don't think it's a mean-spirited thing. I mean, some people get mean-spirited about anything, right? But there's a lot of people that are genuinely love God that believe this. But you know what? The church is missing part of what God wants if the gifts are not, if their gifts are not for today. Did God want to give us the Bible? Absolutely. Was this the perfection He's talking about in that Scripture? Look at the context. It's so clear. It's talking about heaven. <laughs> when I'm face-to-face... When, when the perfection comes, you know, it says, now I will see face to face. I will know as I'm fully known. That's, that's when I'm with Jesus. That's not the Bible coming. The Bible is awesome. This is the Word of God. This is the very words of God written down for us. But the, it's not talking about the Bible saying, once you get the Bible, you don't need the gifts. And I know I'm preaching to the choir right now, but I want to give you understanding to be able to communicate with someone in a loving way. <laughs> Hey, this is about heaven. This isn't about the Bible. That's when we don't need tongues anymore. That's when we don't need prophecy anymore. That's when we don't need, you know, the gift of faith anymore. We don't need miracles anymore in heaven, right? We don't need any of that stuff. And so those will pass away. So love does last longer. Love is the one that remains. Is there going to be love in heaven? Absolutely, unimaginably, overwhelmingly. But the gifts, we won't need those, but we need them now. We need them now. And we need them with people who are saturated in the love of, of God. You know, it's really kind of what we talked about last week. You know, you catch God's heart, it's really like that with all the gifts. If you have God's heart, then you can, you're going to communicate in the right way, whatever the gift you're giving to that person by the Holy Spirit, it's going, to, it's going to come out the right way. In 1 John 4.18, can we shoot that one on, Cooper? It says, uh, there's no fear in love. 
But perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. I cannot give what I have not experienced. So if you... Here's the thing. I was reading Ephesians this morning, obviously. But later on in Ephesians 3, it says, And to know this love, that what? That surpasses knowledge. In other words, it goes beyond our head. If you figured out the love of God here, you haven't touched the love of God. If it's just here, then that's not the love of God. Because the love of God is way beyond here. It has to surpass your knowledge. It has to go past your brain. It has to go past your thinking. It has to be something that doesn't necessarily make sense in my head. That comes only as you experience the love of God by the power of the Holy Spirit. And here's the deal. Uh, you cannot be, there's going to be no fear when you experience that love. It's going to take away a lot of your fear. Because here's the deal. If you're a powerful person and you're not afraid, you're free to love. People only don't love when they're afraid, when they are, when they are, they are protecting themselves because they don't feel powerful in that situation. Why can God love fully and He has no fear? He hasn't, you know, He's God, but He is confident in who He is. He's totally all-powerful, so He can love without restraint because it doesn't affect Him in any way. What happens to that love? When we love the same way, when we are powerful in the love of God, when we are powerful people, when we have been freed from our hurts, when God has brought healing in us, we're powerful because we know who we are and we're strong. Then we can love more freely. Because you know what? If I'm hurt from one time when I gave to someone, I'm not powerful in that moment. I'm, I'm wounded. When I'm wounded, I don't feel powerful. And so then what do I do? I don't love. I don't freely give. And so I need to have the love of heaven begin to touch my heart so that I am then powerful and strong and say, I am free now to love. Powerful people who are strong, who, who feel powerful, who know their strength, who say, I am, you know, I'm, I am, this is who I am in Christ, they're free to love. Because only a powerful person can truly love. And so it's with that encounter with the love of God that we're changed and we can share it. Does that make sense? Well, it doesn't have to make sense here. You know if you've encountered the love of God in a powerful way. There's something that happens inside you. When you encounter God's love, the love of heaven comes rushing in as much as you can handle. You know, a great preacher... um, minister evangelist from back in the day that some of you may have heard of D.L. Moody. When he had an encounter with God, what he said was, when I encountered God, waves of love washed over me and I told God, You're gonna, you've got to stop. It's too much for me. Your love is too powerful. And he actually had to tell God to stop loving him. This is a powerful love that we're talking about here. I cannot do it on my own. I cannot manufacture this. I cannot think this up. I cannot work it up. I can't even, you know, praise it up or talk myself up into it. I have to receive it and experience it. 
I have to be touched from heaven with the love of God before I can truly give it. And you know if you've been touched. You can say, I, I know. I know I've experienced the love of God. And we get to grow in that. Sometimes he says, I know you can't handle it all at once. I'm going to give you a little bit. I'm going to give you a taste. And then I'm going to give you another taste. I'm going to give you another taste. Let's just get right to that, Lord. Okay. Um, so if you need to experience that, we, we, need, we, we want to agree with people today. You know, you say, hey, I just, you know, it may not be that I've never experienced the love of God, but you may need to see, I, I, just, I just need a fresh touch of God's love. Is there anybody who says, I need that today? Because I don't, want, I don't want to leave here and just talk about this and say, that was great, Pastor John. Yes, amen. You know, some of us need to experience that. And there's some of us, the love brings healing. Some, for some of us, the love brings hope. For some of us, the love is, is restoration. Some of us, the love will renew our vision for the future. And so, is there anybody in here who's brave enough to say, you know, I just, I just need, a, I need to experience that love today. I need a fresh touch of God's love. Is there anybody? Raise, raise your hand up real quick. Okay, there's a few of us in here. Yeah, you can go over there. There's one right there. One, there's one back here. Shane, uh, Katie, and Greg. We're, I'm, I'm just, I just want to believe right now that God's going to do something in hearts. You know, we're we're going to go home from today and say there was something that happened with the with the love of God in my life. And so, anybody else that says I I just need. Maybe a fresh touch or a first touch, whatever that is. Doesn't mean you're not a Christian. Doesn't mean you don't know Jesus. Doesn't mean you don't love Him. This is, this is just about saying, God, I want, I want, I need something greater in my life. I'm expecting, Lord, something to happen. And so right now we are expecting something to happen, Lord. We, Holy Spirit, you are, you are already here, and you have been welcomed with worship. You have been welcomed as the guest of honor. And so we thank you right now, Holy Spirit says in the scripture that the one who pours out the love of God in our hearts is the Holy Spirit. And so right now we're giving an invitation to the, to the lover, the Holy Spirit, to come in and to touch these lives today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Anybody else? Anybody else that needs that? Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Oh, Lord, Lord, we thank you for your love. We thank you, Lord. Let us let us not just stay in the area of our minds. Oh, let us not it not be just something in our thoughts. Let it be something that we know in our spirits, Lord, that we experience it deep within ourselves. Holy Spirit, we just give you an invitation to all of our hearts. We open up our hearts freshly to your love this morning. We open up our hearts. We want, we want more. Lord, whatever we can handle, we want more, Lord. Baptize us freshly in your love. That we, We've got to be full of your love. 
We need to be full of your love. We can't, we can't live without this, God. We can't do this on our own. Or we can't manufacture this. We can't make this up. We can't do this by works. It's got to be the grace of God. It's got to be your power in us. Holy Spirit, you're welcome in our hearts. You're welcome in my heart, Holy Spirit. We just thank you for removing barriers in our lives that stop your love from flowing freely in us and through us. Or whatever the barrier is, Lord, there's, there's woundedness. Lord, there's, there's past failures. There's just our own. Lord, we just, we just don't believe sometimes. Whatever it is. Move past the barriers in our lives. Lord, not just this morning. We don't want it just for Sunday morning. Lord, for some of us, there's going to be an encounter this week on Tuesday night or Thursday morning or some other time where you're going to say, I need, I need, to, I need to fill you up. I need, you, I, need, I need to fill you up with my love once again. Holy Spirit, you're the one that pours out the love of God in our hearts. We thank you. We thank you, Holy Spirit. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your love. Lord, may we all experience just a greater touch of your love that we might share it. Lord, we want to we live out the whole scripture, not just portions of it. Lord, we want the gifts, but we want, we want your heart with them. Lord, we want your passion with them. Lord, we want your affection with them, your desires, your emotions, Lord. For you so love the world. You so love the world, Lord. That you gave everything. You changed everything. You, you redid everything. You so love the world. Give us that love, Lord. Let us walk in that love.
hey, can we just can we just close telling God that we love Him? Uh, just the old old song, "I love You, Lord." I love You, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship You. Oh, my soul, rejoice. Take joy, my King, in what you hear. Let it be a sweet, sweet sound in your ears. Thank you, Lord. I love you. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your love in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Okay, I'm going to switch gears.